Welcome to Name Drop San Diego. Name Drop is a podcast from the San Diego Union Tribune that's all about the fascinating people in, around, and from San Diego. I'm Christy Totten, and my guest today is Lisa Easterly. Lisa is the CEO of the San Diego Cyber Center of Excellence, which promotes innovation and excellence in the region's cyber community. We talked about jobs, diversity in the industry, and of course, about Lisa. Here's our interview. Lisa, hi, thanks for joining me today. Oh, thanks so much for having me. I was hoping we could begin with your short bio, just, you know, how you like to introduce yourself. Oh, fabulous. Well, I am the president and CEO of the Cyber Center of Excellence here in San Diego. We're an organization that really looks to solve problems around workforce development, economic development, um, as well as the challenges and opportunities facing the cyber industry. And we do that in partnership with industry, academia, as well as our government agencies and military here in the region. And so I, um, I recently took the helm. Uh, I was promoted in March of this year after serving as the organization's um, chief operating officer uh, that helped stand up uh, CCOE uh, back in 2014. And how did you make it to uh, cybersecurity in, in this line of work? What was your path? Well, it's, it's kind of a funny story. It's a bit serendipitous um, because I actually um, am not a cyber professional by trade. Um, and so um, I actually had been in economic development worked very closely with the San Diego Regional EDC, uh, as well as other economic incubators like Cleantech San Diego. And then I had my first son and realized there was no way I could leave him to go back to the traditional <laughs> office grind. Yeah. And so it was a bit um, fortuitous because uh, some of my colleagues at the San Diego Regional EDC had recently uh, put out an economic impact study on this fledgling industry in cybersecurity. Um, and what that did was really got the leaders um, here in the region primed to collaborate on the challenges and opportunities that were identified by the research. And so I was asked to consult on standing up this nonprofit you know, industry accelerator and the rest is now CCOE history. So it's, it's a bit of a, a different path, um, but I think the good news is it's something I, I think is important for the listenership is that you don't have to be a techie to be in cybersecurity. Yeah, that's so amazing. When we talked last time, I told you I was poking around your site. There's like a jobs quiz, like an aptitude test, and there really are so many different, uh, you know, directions you can take it. Will you tell me a little bit more about the work that CCOE does? Oh, absolutely. So we actually, as I mentioned, um, began from that economic impact study. And what that did is it really kind of defined the pain points in the industry at the time. And they've kind of continued to be honest over the last seven years. Um, number one, really being focused on workforce. Uh, there is a shortage of cyber professionals worldwide at this point of 3.5 million people. Um, there's over 500,000 open positions in the U.S. alone, um, over 60,000 in California. And so one of the primary areas that we started to focus on was really how do we not just seed, but also diversify this talent pipeline for this industry that just keeps growing um, and, and really just needs a, a steady flow of talent. Um, and so that's one of the, the big areas that we focus on. Uh, we also look to really be able to kind of create new opportunities for business in our region. And we do that through a variety of different programs um, in partnership with municipalities like the city of Carlsbad and a program that we have to create cybersecurity awareness for small businesses. Uh, we also do it in partnership with the state of California and the governor's office of planning and research through department of defense grants to help create more resiliency um, within the cyber supply chains throughout the state. 
Um, and then we also look at things like um, collaboration and ways that we can work together to create a more secure San Diego and a more secure environment for all businesses. Um, and programs that we have in that, that area include um, partnerships with the FBI locally uh, to do sector-specific briefings, um, work that we're doing with um, NAVWAR to create um, more awareness and um, opportunities for connectivity and research and development. Um, so all kinds of really fun things that allow me to really kind of have my hands in, on, on the pulse of the industry from an economic development perspective, a workforce development, a business development, and then kind of bottom line is we want to continue to grow this tremendous industry in the region. And so it's really about how do we attract more businesses? How do we attract more talent and more investment um, to this growing industry? How would you say San Diego stacks up, you know, when compared to other cities that do cybersecurity well nationally? San Diego is actually um, quite a, an engine for cybersecurity, and, and a lot of that has to do with the presence of the U.S. Navy's Naval Information Warfare Systems Command, or better known as NAVWAR in our region. Um, NAVWAR uh, employs a third of the industry. Um, they literally spend billions every year um, to, um, on contracts and on R&D that really helps drive innovation within the industry as well. And so kind of having that as our foundation allows for our industry to really kind of grow in leaps and bounds. And now we have over 870 cyber firms um, within the region. Uh, we also have a tremendous network of academic institutions as well as research institutions um, that really support the industry. And then also what's, what's super cool about cyber is that for every one job in cyber, it actually produces another job in a supportive industry. And so that economic multiplier um, allows the industry to have an impact. Um, uh, this is my favorite part as a Marvel fan. Um, it's equivalent <laughs> to 23 Comic-Cons or nine Super Bowls every year. Wow. And so it's, it's a major economic driver for the region. And compared to others within the United States, I think we have a special sauce that most don't by having that military component, the industry, both on the commercial and defense side, and then also this robust academic um, and research institutions um, that really support this ecosystem. Will you talk about some of the jobs that are out there, you know, that people can pursue, how much schooling do they take? And, you know, as you mentioned, they're not necessarily tech jobs. Exactly. I think what, what folks, um, and I think one of the biggest myths um, in, in the field is that it, it requires an advanced degree and 10 years experience. Um, you have to be the unicorn um, that can hop on one leg and, you know, purple <laughs> hair. And that's the only person that can do this job. Um, mm -hmm. And I think employers, because again, the need is so great. Um, and unfortunately, the pandemic has even driven this further. Bad actors uh, seek opportunities, you know, in, in bad times to do bad things. Um, and so, uh, based on what the FBI reported, there's been a 300% increase in cyber crimes over the pandemic. So now you have a situation where you already had a shortage of cyber professionals, and now you have even more need. Um, and so you're starting to see employers really change things. You don't necessarily have to have an advanced degree, although that's very helpful. Cybersecurity in general is not um, an entry-level role. It does require that you have some computer science and software um, background, but that can come from a lot of different places. There's great opportunities through military to commercial tracks. 
Um, there's also a lot of opportunities now through certifications and boot camps um, that allow for upskilling. Um, and so there's um, programs also here in San Diego. Uh, recently, um, there's a new program launching with the San Diego Workforce Partnership um, and San Diego Regional EDC and CCOE called Cyber Hire, uh, which actually is targeting folks that are potentially underemployed or unemployed that are interested in um, a potential uh, career within cyber. So I think those are some real opportunities for folks. And then also the, the other big myth is really, it's not just for techies. Um, cybersecurity really weaves through all aspects of business uh, at this point and professionals with more diverse backgrounds actually help create a culture of cyber awareness. And so we're talking about integrated business strategy, employee training, supply chain management, internal and external communications. Um, you know, homogeneity is the bad actor's best friend. So employers are really valuing teams of individuals that come from different backgrounds, that have different experiences and kind of look at the threat landscape through a different lens. Um, there's some sound happening, but we're just gonna have to go with it because this is what it is to record at home. I think one of the neighbor's <laughs> dogs is not feeling very well. Um, okay, well, thank you for all that information. I wanna switch gears really quickly um, to a lightning round just to find out about you, Lisa, as a person. <laughs> My first question for you is, what is your San Diego greatest hits tour? If you have a friend come in from out of town or just, you know, you have a day off, what is your perfect San Diego day? So this depends with and without children. So my all time favorite places in San Diego are always the beach, La Jolla Shores and Solana Beach are some of my favorite places on earth. And if you can have a picnic from Claire's or J&T Thai, you're even better shape. Um, with munchkins though, because I have two little boys that if we don't hit the zoo and Legoland <laughs> and Balboa Park, there is something greatly amiss. So, mm -hmm. um, but I think truly you can't go wrong to have 18 municipalities that all have a different flavor and flair and you know, shopping and restaurants and just that feel is tremendous. Um, so Little Italy is also another one of my favorites now that I'm talking about food. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you for the food recommendations. Um, okay, in an alternate universe, uh, I know you say you're a Marvel fan, but in an alternate universe, uh, you know, what would be your job if you weren't doing what you're doing now? Well, it's, it's, since you say alternate universe, I'm a big Marvel fan. Um, and so, you know, I, I'd like to think maybe I would, uh, you know, potentially be a multi-universe spy or something <laughs> save the day. Because truly, one of the things that has always inspired me about Marvel is the heroes that don't have superpowers um, and instead, you know, harness their humanity to help save the day. Um, mm -hmm. And so because I get to work with real life superheroes from active duty military and veterans to, you know, brilliant cyber technologists, it reminds me every day that I've, you know, everybody has unique strengths to bring to the fight. Um, so I, I think I would, I would uh, in, a, in another universe potentially um, maybe be some type of a uh, agent. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, okay, so speaking of Marvel, what are some of your favorite movies or characters or what about it do you like to follow? Oh, I'm, I've been a Marvel junkie for many years. And I think what's really cool about the Avengers particularly is that it really focuses on diversity and collaboration as the keys to getting ahead. Mm -hmm. um, you know, Stan Lee always focused on the flaws of the superheroes. And I think that's something that everyone can really relate to mm -hmm. um, that you don't have to be perfect. You don't have to necessarily even have all the tools um, to be the right person for the job. You just have to have the passion and the desire and the drive. Um, and I, I, those qualities have always been something that I've striven, you know, that I strive for, that I try to instill in my boys. And that I think if everybody kind of harnesses 
just that basic core of I have something to add to this everyday fight, uh, the world would be a better place. Mm -hmm. What has been one of those journeys for you? You know, something that maybe you weren't great off, like you weren't, you weren't great at right off the bat, but you know, through perseverance and just working hard at it, uh, you found your way. Well, I think um, one of the things that I, I kind of cut my teeth on early in my career, I started in the world of um, the financial services world and then went into corporate law. Um, and those are tremendously intense environments with all type A personalities that were all, you know, straight A students and top of their class. And I think it, it really kind of helped me learn um, how to really communicate. Um, the value of doing your homework and really understanding um, and, and have and not coming into meetings blind um, and really being able to uh, prepare and, and have a better understanding not only helps you, um, you know, kind of find commonality and, and work closely with, you know, folks that are just absolutely brilliant and, and top of their, you know, fields, but also helps you add something to it where you, you can really kind of pull out the nuggets of, of areas of potential pain points or challenges and opportunities and be able to integrate that into your day-to-day -day work. Love that. What is something that most people like and that you hate? <laughs> bacon. I know that sounds <laughs> what? crazy. I've yes, never heard anyone say this. Reaction. I know. I <laughs> And I live in a family where bacon is king. I uh -huh. don't love bacon. I, I, that's a bit of a um, revelation. What, a, what about <laughs> it? That's amazing. <laughs> I don't know. I've just never been a bacon fan. I, and everyone else, I know it's in ice cream and candied and all kinds of great ways. But yeah, I've never been a bacon cheeseburger kind of gal. I, I can't wait to tell everyone I know. I met somebody who doesn't like bacon. You know, I like, I think mine is is like, there's some musicians I don't love. Like, I don't love Prince as much as other people do. What? I know I'm going to get it. I know, I know it's so problematic. Little red Corvette. Come I know. On, I've I've just, I stopped saying it because it's like nobody, they, they won't let you not like Prince. I'm like, you know what, guys? It's fine. I like it. <laughs> Um, what is it with bacon, bacon? Yeah. <laughs> what is, um, what is a pandemic hobby you picked up? Well, the pandemic has been very interesting. Um, I've actually, I have two little boys, as I mentioned, um, one is eight and one is three. So I picked up homeschooling, um, for mm -hmm. 18 months with them, mm -hmm. which was not something I had ever, ever planned to do. Um, and I think my other, and, and not unlike most people, I think, um, but I have definitely picked up Netflix binging, um, <laughs> a bit of a release after homeschooling and remotely managing businesses and, you know, just the kind of circus of daily life. So thank goodness for Netflix. Yeah. What are you binging now? Oh, um, Frankie and Grace. Hilarious. Oh, it's so good. Jane Fonda and Lily Tomlin are just national treasures. I think we should have a day that commemorates them. <laughs> I completely agree. And uh, yeah, the new season that came out, it was so great, but so short. I feel like it was just a so few short. episodes. I know. So. I'm waiting with bated breath. Yes, me too. Okay, final question in this lightning round, but what is uh, the best advice you've ever gotten? I think the best advice that I have ever gotten is always be you. Always, always, no matter what the circumstances are, whether you're in a room with, you know, CEOs, you're in a room with, you know, three-year-olds, you have something incredible to offer um, and to make sure that you're true to yourself um, in every situation and that you really give yourself an opportunity to grow and to excel at the things that you're good at. And that's, that's something too that I really try to instill in my children um, because in a world where unfortunately, uh, so much of the time you're told you're not good enough or you don't match that criteria or, um, you know, someone is, is 
you know, striving in that area. Um, I think just knowing and having that confidence in your own abilities is a true strength. Yeah, absolutely. Um, well, I want to ask you about your your own position. I mean, you are a female CEO, you know, in an organ in an industry that is largely male dominated. Um, how has that been? To be honest, it's been phenomenal. Um, if you had told me eight years ago when I joined the cybersecurity field um, that the most supportive um, of family and of work-life balance would be um, primarily men that were retired military, I would have, you know, potentially just, you know, had a question mark. <laughs> sure. And it has been a, an absolute phenomenal experience. I am very, very um, blessed to have a board um, of advisors and directors since the get-go with CCOE um, that have just leaned in, that have rolled their sleeves up, that have provided resources and guidance. I mean, it's just been tremendous partners. Um, and my mentor, Rear Admiral Ken Slad, who was the um, founding um, chairman as well as president and CEO of CCOE has been nothing but supportive and has really helped me um, to grow, um, not just in my leadership, but also in my, um, you know, in, in the cybersecurity profession. And it's, it's just been a, a tremendous um, opportunity for me and truly best job I've ever had. Yeah, I know that you are working on sort of improving diversity within the industry. Can you tell me what does it look like now? And, you know, what is the goal? What are you working on improving here, especially in San Diego locally? Oh, absolutely. This is one of my favorite topics. And so, um, you know, based on the NICE, so National Initiative for Cyber Education um, statistics, there are only about 25% of the industry um, is made up of women and minor minorities. And as I mentioned, homogeneity is a bad actor's, you know, best friend. And so um, I think it's really critical that we start to open this aperture. And one of the things that we've been able to do, which is truly what gets me up out of bed in the morning, um, is kind of create a multitude of programs that really kind of focus in this area. Um, one being a uh, joint effort with Syned and the Girl Scouts um, to work across all of their levels to provide um, their information so that they can get their cybersecurity badges, as well as connectivity um, to the cyber industry so they can see what some of these cyber career paths look like. And the really fun part about this is that we have um, for this workshop that we actually have coming up in October for National Cybersecurity Awareness Month, um, we have over 20 uh, industry professionals that are participating um, and not just um, providing presentations on what they do, but actually getting in the trenches with these girls and creating badge activities um, so that they have not just the experience, but also the connectivity. So that's a really fun one. Um, we are also working with the National Foundation for Autism Research to create a cybersecurity autism um, training and internship program because that unfortunately traditional interviewing and recruiting processes in, um, in a lot of cases, uh, unfortunately, are not um, welcoming to those with, that are neurodiverse. And we really, there's so many great opportunities for individuals within the field. Um, and we wanted to be able to provide not just kind of this um, opportunity for the industry to have untapped resources, but the opportunity to potentially really change whole communities. Um, and so that's another one of the projects that, that really is close to my heart. And then, 
We've also, um, with the help of NAVOR, as I mentioned, they're the largest employer in the region. We've been able to develop a, a student employee program where NAVOR created the criteria. We were able to share that through the cyber ecosystem um, and then work with our community colleges to help us identify cohorts that meet the criteria. And then to be able to bring these folks on in roles where they're actually paid um, in order to be able to um, get some cyber experience, um, but then also finish their education. And so a lot of really fun projects and programs um, within, within San Diego. Um, and then last but not least, uh, we've been working with Journeys Map, um, and I think you mentioned it at the top where you, you played a little bit in our cyber career map, mm -hmm. um, a free tool to anyone who would like to use it, where you can go in and look at different skills and interest assessments. You can dive right into the NICE framework and look at roles. And then once you're in, you can um, basically create your own career pathway. So just like a Google map, I'm here, I want to get there. Um, and it gives a lot of different ways to get to these roles that in most cases are paying six figures. So a lot of opportunities for those interested in a career in cybersecurity in San Diego. Yeah, what amazing um, jobs. Well, can we talk about um, just you know, cybersecurity as it relates to your everyday person, you know, not necessarily somebody that wants to get into this as a career, but just like keeping ourselves safe online. You know, we've seen scripts recently, UCSD Health um, have some pretty big attacks that affected a lot of people locally. Uh, when you talk to people about this, like what are some basic things we should know to keep ourselves safe? Absolutely. Well, and like I said, unfortunately, it's not a matter of if, it's when. Um, and I kind of the, the line I've been really kind of trying to drive home in recent times is really cybersecurity is now everyone's business. If you do anything online, um, if your business is online at all, or even if you have any type of data, whether it be external or even employee, um, you're now in the business of cybersecurity. So um, on the business side of things, it's really critical that um, businesses set up their auto updates, they create backups and scans, they schedule quarterly um, employee training or testing, and they have at least annual incident response exercises. Um, there are also great services where businesses can sign up for external monitoring of their cyber scores, similar to like a credit score, um, which alerts for any signs of hygiene issues or suspicious activity. Um, but then from an individual perspective, truly invest in antivirus software, make sure you're keeping your devices and your software updated. You'll send, you know, for all of those um, Apple users, uh, you know, they just sent out a, a massive update today um, and recommend everyone get it immediately. You know, make sure that you're staying current with all of that. Make sure you have backups of your data and create, you know, machine images off network regularly. And then really it's all about hygiene. Um, you know, using strong passwords and multi-factor authentication is key. Beware of those awful phishing scams. You'd be surprised how many people are still clicking on the I'm a you know Nigerian prince and I have five million dollars <laughs> waiting for you. Uh -huh. um, you know, keep your privacy settings on. Don't use Wi-Fi that is not secure. It is the wild west. You might as well just hand your credit card over to a stranger at the airport. Um, and truly, too, you know, uh, keeping a, a good, accurate understanding of your own credit. You know, monitoring your financial statements, your credit reports. Um, as well as your children's. I don't know if folks know this, but you can actually freeze your children's credit until they're of age. So that mm -hmm. way they don't um, you know, become the unfortunate victim before they even have access to use their own credit. So I think kind of just bottom line, keeping in mind that um, we're all at risk at this point um, is helpful to make sure that you're vigilant and, and keeping you know, your, your financials and your data secure. 
So when it comes to, you know, employing cybersecurity professionals today, is it, you know, most big companies have somebody on staff, is that they contract out with the company, and especially how can small businesses, uh, you know, protect themselves? Yeah, so that's the hard part. It's the, it's the trade-off, right? So um, a lot of small businesses, you know, they're focused on their business. They're focused on making surfboards or, mm -hmm. you know, serving phenomenal food or, you know, um, having a great retail business. And they're not really thinking about necessarily IT. You know, in a lot of cases, IT falls to a role of someone who also has the purview of HR and operations and so forth. And, and unfortunately, in a cyber incident, um, it's really critical that you have cyber skill sets and whether a company um, has them internally um, or they employ vendors is another you know, great option. Like I said, San Diego has over 870 firms, um, many of which are service providers that, that have um, resources and different packages that can be cost effective. Um, but I think it's important now, truly, as I mentioned, you know, cybersecurity is everyone's business. You, you need to make sure that you understand your vulnerabilities, um, that you can mitigate them, and that you can also stay current and make sure that your systems and your networks are patched um, and as, um, as secure as possible. Now, um, there are opportunities here in the region. Um, we are, like I mentioned, we're working with the city of Carlsbad um, on a program where free to the small businesses, they do get the opportunity to get a briefing from the FBI. They get the opportunity to have a cyber risk assessment by Risk Recon. Um, ESET uh, has a phenomenal partner of ours. It's also offering complimentary employee training um, and cybersecurity awareness training. And so there are a lot of kind of programs within the region too um, that will at least provide some basic awareness and connectivity to our phenomenal cyber ecosystem. So if uh, for those that are interested, there's all kinds of information on CCOE's website. Yeah, those are amazing offerings. Uh, well, Lisa, thank you so much for your time. This has really been an education. I just wanna leave the last word with you. I mean, is there anything else you would like to add about cybersecurity or anything that we as listeners should know? Oh, thank you so much. Well, I think first and foremost, be vigilant, make sure that you're keeping up with your cyber hygiene. And then don't forget that you live in a phenomenal community that has such a robust ecosystem that's here to help. And if there's anything um, that we can be supportive of, um, CCOE stands at the ready. So feel free to reach out to us either via our website, which is sdccoe.org, um, or you can contact us through um, the information there as well. So thank you so much for the opportunity uh, to speak with you today. This has been a great time. Thank you again to Lisa for joining us and thank you for supporting Name Drop San Diego. We'll be back next week.